0: And we hear from the Word of God at the start of chapter 3 of Paul's letters to the Colossians. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life Is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Thanks be to God for his word. What do you think is the best time of life? (coughs) Opinions differ. Some of us, when we look behind us, we can't see all that far, and the future stretches away much further than we can begin to imagine. Others of us, when we look back, we look over decades, and we may have figured out that the number of decades we have behind us is almost certainly greater than the number of years we have in front of us, and we may still be getting our heads around that and what it means. At such a time of life, is it easier to look back into the past than it is to face the future? Others of us are well and truly in that period of life called middle age, the period everyone tries to spin out for as long as he possibly can, staving off that moment when we have to admit that we are old. Every period of life has its benefits and its drawbacks. There is no lack of perceptive comments on life and the process of ageing that people have made over the years. Ambrose Bierce speaks of childhood as the period of human life intermediate between the idiocy of infancy and the folly of youth. Two removes from the sin of manhood and three from the remorse of old age. Mark Twain's view was that life would be infinitely happier If we could only be born at the age of 80 and gradually approach 18. (laughs) According to Eleanor Roosevelt, the happiest period in life most frequently is in middle age, when the eager passions of youth are cooled and the infirmities of age not yet begun. As we see that the shadows which are at morning and evening so large almost entirely disappear at midday. But Sidney J. Harris is more sardonic. Middle age is that perplexing time of life when we hear two voices calling us. One saying, why not? And the other, why bother? A.C. Benson also displays grim humour in his assessment of old age. When you get to my age, life seems little more than one long march to and from the lavatory. (laughs) But on the other hand, Neil Spark is credited with saying, when a noble life has prepared old age, it's not decline that it reveals, but the first days of immortality. We conceive of life in linear terms. We either look backwards or we look forwards. That's how we measure our existence. In Colossians, we're told to look up. To set our hearts on things above where Christ is, Seated at the right hand of God. To set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. Because your life, your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ who is your life is revealed, you also will be revealed with him in glory. You died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. What does that mean, precisely? Flies in the face of reality as we understand and perceive it. We know here and now we are alive. We are living, breathing human beings, and at some point in what we hope will be the dim and distant future, we will die. And then, as believers, we trust that somehow, in some way, we will live with Christ for eternity beyond that point. That's the accepted Christian view of reality, of how life works. And yet in Colossians we're told, we're dead already. And our life is not grounded in the earthly realities that are so familiar to us, but actually in the unknown and the unknowable realm of heaven where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. None of this corresponds to life as we see it and understand it. But that may be one reason why Paul talks about our life being hidden with Christ. It's not what we see, it's not what can be seen. There is a spiritual reality which is concealed from our perception and our understanding, but which will only become manifest when Jesus himself is revealed on his return in power and glory. And then, when he's revealed, we also will appear with him in life. With the passing of this world order and the coming of his eternal kingdom, the spiritual reality that is hidden from us now will be demonstrated to be the only reality that matters. That's why we are exhorted and encouraged to set our hearts and our minds on the things that are above, not on earthly things. What do we value? What do we treasure? Where is our heart located? And how does that affect how we live? How does that affect our attitude to life and death Jim Elliot was a missionary in Ecuador who was killed when he went to share the good news of Jesus with a remote tribe of Indians in that country before he went to Ecuador he wrote in his diary he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Set your heart and your mind on things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, and where your life is hidden with Christ in God. There is no escapism in such an attitude. The challenge actually is that such an attitude means that we are not so heavily invested in the values of this life that we cannot afford to take risks in order to change it. As Christians, we're not called to play it safe. We're called to step out in faith, to take risks, if you like, secure in the knowledge that Christ is our ultimate security and who we are, Our life, the life that we have lived, the life that we have yet to live, and the manner of our dying, all that is encapsulated and hidden with Christ in God. So arguably, we don't need to be afraid. I say arguably because it's one thing to talk like this it's another to believe it and another to live it out in practice if as the text says we have died and our life is really hidden with Christ in God then in a sense the fundamental event death, that's happened to us already and so we have nothing to fear from it it's not a prospect that we need to dread or be afraid of because we've died already And life beyond death is not some remote and uncertain prospect, because your life is in heaven already, hidden with Christ in God, waiting for the day of his return, when that reality will become apparent. If we can get our heads round that, in theory that should help us to face the prospect of death with more equanimity, because you've already passed from death to life. And it has no power over us. So we're exhorted to look up and make eternity the focus of our lives. Because we've died already. And our life is with Christ. If we are united with Jesus, then what is true of Jesus becomes true of us. If we are in Christ here and now, then in some sense we are in Christ, in life, in heaven. And that reality of our being alive in Christ will be revealed when he's revealed in power and glory. And it's because that's where our life really is. That's where the basis for who we are is located, that we're told to look up and set our hearts and minds on things that are above and to make that our focus and our goal. And to sit correspondingly lightly to all the other things that would hang on to us here. (coughs) That may be easier for those of of us who are approaching the twilight years of this life. We've done our stint. Old age can feel increasingly arduous. We feel there's less and less to look forward to down here. And there are times when we feel more than ready to embrace the renewing power of resurrection life. Onwards and upwards can be our motto, I'm not leaving much behind now. Yet equally with age, there can sometimes come an erosion of old certainties. The zeal of youth gets replaced with a more cautious, careful attitude. We have more questions that don't have easy answers, and we're not quite as confident as perhaps we were. Or it may be that we've gone through life shutting our eyes to the fact of our mortality and it's something we need to get our heads around and come to terms with and we may not find that easy. And if we have a family that we're close to or things we still want to see happen before we go then there's there's still stuff to keep us here. Setting our hearts and minds on things that are above still can be difficult even towards the end of our lives. And for those of us who are younger, what does it mean for us to set our hearts and minds on things above when we have the whole of our earthly life lying ahead of us? It would be a mistake to suppose that the hope of heaven robs this life of its significance or its opportunities. On the contrary, we can know and recognise that our faith in God gives us good reason and motivation for living every day well for making the most of who we are and the gifts we have as a way of honouring God, living life as an expression of worship and dedication to the one who gave his life for us and gives his life to us. There's no way that I'd want to suggest that setting our hearts and minds on things above somehow devalues the importance or the significance of the life that we live here and now in the present. But looking up Reminds us that the pressures and the demands and the responsibilities of this life, which can sometimes threaten to overwhelm us, these things are not the be-all and end-all. When we're not sure of where we're going, we look up. We take our bearings from Christ. When we're not sure what the meaning or point of our life is, we look up. We recognise that God made us. Our life is his gift to us. And as we offer it back to him as an act of worship and dedication, we can find fresh meaning and purpose as we do so. On those days when you feel utterly worthless and exhausted, do you wonder whether the coming day is really worth living? Look up. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. And it's hidden there because God values you. Because God treasures you. And God will keep you until that day when your life is revealed with him in glory. If you look forward and the future seems too difficult or too awful to contemplate... If you look back and the past just seems full of regrets and guilt for mistakes and errors you have made, look up. Look up. Stop looking forwards. Stop looking backwards. Today, this week, look up. Recognize that the value and importance of your life, of who you are, it's nothing to do with what you have achieved or what you've failed to do. It's nothing to do with how you cope with the seemingly insurmountable challenges that lie ahead. Look up. and See the one who loves you. Who gave his life for you. Who holds you close to his heart. And will never let you go. Whatever lies in the past Whatever comes in the future, however you feel about yourself, look up to where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. He holds your life. He directs your life. He keeps your life. He is your life. Place your life in his hands. There is no more safer or more secure place that you could ever be.